Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of You Love to See It, the show that you definitely know my voice from because I've been on every episode from the beginning this whole time. I'm definitely used to introducing this podcast and know exactly what to say (laughs) because I'm so used to it. Hello, everybody. I'm Steven Strum from Managing Editor of Fanbyte.com. I am joined once again, uh, as usual, by Danielle Riendo, the editor-in-chief. Hello. That's me. I am, and I sure called the shots on what to watch this week, let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. From the jump, we're just really nailing everything that we need to do, you know? Uh, The other guffaw you can hear in the background there is John Warren, head of media at fanbyte.com. How are you doing? Uh, Hi. Hello. (laughs) That's good. Doing good? Doing hot? Yeah, sounds great. Doing all right. Yeah. <sighs> so this is the podcast that we do about movies and TV and stuff. This um, is a fucking oh, mistake. Oh, here's the intro in the in the This doc. is a mistake. <laughs> I, I like let's notes. let's just absolutely start with the fact that this was a mistake. A series of errors. A this yeah. A total <laughs> a total miscommunication that resulted in maybe I'm going to go out and say it even though we haven't recorded yet. The worst episode of you love to see it yet. Um <laughs> Yeah. Now look, so, we're gonna make flowers come out of the the mm, ground of now, poop. This is all my no, fault. No, no, I really, see, this is all see, my fault. That's what I'm. That's what I'm concerned about, Danielle. Is that I don't know if it yeah. is. I don't know if no, it is it's, all your fault. You don't think because so? it's my fault. Because I, I, I here is what I remember, and we we can yeah. we can litigate this in in full at a later date. But here is what I remember. Yeah. Sure. I remember sure, sure. there was a lot of chatter about a game called Final Fantasy VII, which did come out again uh, last week. And so we yep. we were talking over the weekend about scheduling something. And you said, "Do you want to do you <laughs> do you want to watch the bad <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy movie?" And I said, "I'm up yep. for Advent Children." This is what I saw in Slack, and then <laughs> and then Stephen basically, you know, confirms the the receipt of yes let's watch advent children and mm-hmm. then we wake up this morning to find that danielle thought the bad final fantasy movie referred to the spirits within and not advent children and i'm here to tell you i wish to christ i had watched spirits within yeah. believe me it's a lot better i well i watch both i why not both yeah is now you can compare them here. directly yeah. Oh I, my I, I'm god. Almost, I'm almost wondering if I remember enough from Spirits Within to actually have a conversation about it because I would love to do just both as a double <sighs> header, but I do think we do need to do like a full <laughs> oh. Spirits Within app at some point. Yeah, oh. cuz it's it's not again, it's not good by I think any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but it is kind of weird and interesting and it is much more of a movie that has things like a plot and a structure and like things do happen in that movie and they make some kind of sense, which is not something I could say about Advent Children, at mm-hmm. least on my first viewing. Now, maybe if you've seen it seven times. No, I, you know. I believe this was my third viewing of Advent Children. And <laughs> oh, really? And like, I, I don't. I couldn't tell. I you. don't know. I really this don't. Is, this is good. 
This is confirming for me that I am the person who has seen this movie the most times out of anyone at this website because okay. I watched Advent Children when it came out, you know, when I was 13 or whatever. No, 15. When you were I think an Advent child. I was yes. an Advent child. I was an okay. Advent minor still at the time. I had not yet turned 18. I, watched, <laughs> I got this movie on DVD the minute it came out. I had never even played Final Fantasy VII at that point. And I still bought it and watched it probably uh, over the course of my young life, probably like 20 times total. Oh. Just on in the background and stuff like that. Oh, Steven. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, it's wow. terrible. Everything about it is terrible. This is also the height of I went out and bought Dirge of Cerberus on day one. Uh, I was trying to be a part of a fandom that I had no business in being a part of because I had never even played seven at that point. I don't know how you I mean, Danielle, you can actually speak to this because this is you're playing through Final Fantasy seven remake right now, right? I am. And this is the it's first, my first fantasy. It's your yeah. first. It's my first fantasy at all. I mean, I oh, played, you've never like, played FF. I played like a very small amount of seven the original, like literally five minutes of it because my friend was showing me yeah. cool games on her PlayStation in 1999. Mm. And then I played a very small amount of what was the MMO one that had like a big desert and, uh, oh, God, I don't know, around like 14 maybe? Oh, you mean the MMO like game or the MMO? Yeah. I guess because so. that, you that probably need like 12. 12. That sounds like 12. Yeah. To me. I didn't even again, these were like at friends houses like or they were showing me a game. They gave me the controller. We played for an hour. That's yeah. that's all. That's all I've done. That's it. That's all I remember. Anyway, it's possible. Then, I've played then, others. Then but this must have been incomprehensible for you. Yeah, truly. It's truly. incomprehensible for me. Right. John. No, that's what I'm saying <laughs> is that like, I mean, on my third viewing of this, I, I am now inundated with the like. The the entire canon of Final Fantasy VII is something I have consumed. I've I've played yeah. Crisis Core. I've played Dirge of Cerberus. I played the original five times. I have now completed the the remake, and it's like I I understand in my bones what the story is. But Advent Children fucking undoes like uh, all all of it. It's incomprehensible. It's it's it is. So I, I feel so much better now oh. because I really thought I was really worried I was going to just be the hater no. who only has like a no, very no, no, Western no, no. idea of like what good character design or no, good no, no, plotting no. or good storytelling is. And that it's like I'm I'm bad and actually very like not good at understanding anime or something. OK, good. No, it's it's um it's not just you. No, no, no. And it, okay. it, then this movie, if I'm not mistaken, was not well received at the no. time either. I don't. I, you I know? mean, I, it was very exciting because it was, it was the thing that kicked off the kind of revival of uh, Final Fantasy things. Like Final Fantasy had mm. already experienced a sequel in the form of Ten Two. Um, like that was the first time right. they really like went back in and dipped into an existing canon to like show an additional story. And there was also like Final Fantasy for the after, which was also not well received for the most part. Yeah, that's like reviled. It's pretty yeah. bad. Um and but but this was like the first time that they really they, they made a movie that essentially continued directly the plot of seven and sure. and it like you know <sighs> I, it's tough to like get here's the issue with this one it's tough to get into 
the real nitty gritty of it without kind of spoiling the very original game and almost yeah. as a spoiler in and of itself Which is okay. almost as a spoiler in and of itself i can say yeah with some confidence and a little bit of hesitation because i still don't know how people like deal with spoilers because i'm very not in the same mold as a lot of people when it comes to that yeah. but like spoilers for final fantasy the original are not necessarily spoilers for final fantasy 7 the remake that's the only thing okay. I'll say. Right. So yeah. if we get into a lengthy discussion about original concepts of Final Fantasy VII, the original game, because this is very much an extension of that, I don't want folks to assume that we're spoiling the hell out of the remake because we're not. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. But we're, we're not. It's it, it goes in a different place. So... Okay. Yeah. It, you know, in such a way that... Even from the little bit of the remake that I've seen so far, yeah. like parts of the remake almost feel like they would make the events of Advent Children impossible. Yeah, in some ways, yes. I, okay. I would almost I would almost say that, and I I can't go so far as to say the rest of everything that that especially like Crisis Core and stuff, which feels very very much tied into the canon of Final Fantasy VII now. Right. Um, but like. I think the remake basically undoes Advent Children. So we can kind of talk about Advent Children in a way that, um, yeah, I don't know. It definitely has influenced yeah. a lot of the aesthetics, though, of, like, everything that's come after it, I feel like. Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I think this influence, like, almost, hmm, it's tough to talk about because this is the thing that seems like it divides a lot of people on modern Final Fantasy versus Kingdom Hearts versus old Final Fantasy and stuff like that because this is the three guys, the remnants in this movie. I should say what this movie is Let's about. Let's do the plot or, yeah. or whatever we can kind of discern from the plot yeah. as it I, lives. Yeah, I'm actually looking at your notes now, uh, Danielle, okay. so I'm going to actually just read it out loud. Advent Children takes place two years after the events of Final Fantasy VII and focuses on the appearance of a trio that kidnaps children infected with an unexplained disease. Former Final Fantasy VII hero Cloud Strife, suffering from the same disease, goes to rescue the children. He discovers that the trio plan to resurrect the villain Sephiroth using the re remains of the extraterrestrial villain Genova, and he and his compatriots from the game fight to stop him. Okay. Stop them. Hey, one more, one more again. Can you please tell me the names of the three, uh, the trio? Oh God! Oh, God. Do y'all remember? Lazul, is is it Laz yeah, Lazul? No, 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 no idea. No, here we go. It's it's Kadage, Kadage, okay. and okay. in perhaps the greatest name in the history of Final Fantasy. <laughs> Looking at it now, Yazoo. Yes! <laughs> yeah. My favorite Hanna Barbera villain. <laughs> yeah. Oh Just God. the bare necessities, okay? Fucking kazoo, fucking kazoo from the Flintstones' his ass cousin Yazoo is here. Jesus Christ. Um, is he the big guy? Is he the punchy man? I, man? I, I now, see, now I don't know which is which. That's, <laughs> that's the truth, is I don't remember which is which. There is sad, long-haired pretty boy. There is yep. uh, sort of smirking, evil, short-haired. No, redhead, redhead is a Turk. Redhead, oh, redhead yeah, is a Turk. Oh, God, I have it all wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, he's against those guys. Although he's kind of a bad guy, too. The Turks are not good. Um, they they're definitely like not good. Jer jerks? Yeah. 
Okay. This movie has some confused notions about, like, what motivated Shinra in the first game at some points, too. Oh, like, it kind of... It kind of, it, it is the Final Fantasy VII Advent Children is the rehabilitation of George W. Bush, but for all the villains of Final Fantasy VII. That is, that is an incredible pull, but it's true. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> oh, fair. God. Yeah. Uh, the Turks in the original Final Fantasy VII are kind of like goofball bad guys who are working for the, the fascistic uh, evil electric power company Shinra, and they in this movie are also against... The remnants, these three, the Yazoo and all them. Um, the Yazoo and, and friends, yeah. <laughs> Yazoo and friends, yeah, that's, that's their names. <laughs> I wish to that's God, the name of their half-hour comedy show. This had been the name of the, the Final Fantasy Seven. Yazoo <laughs> and friends. That would have been very good. Oh my Much God. better. Kadaj is the leader. Kadaj is say. the leader. He's the one that, uh, yeah, he, he yes. he's the one that uh, does lines of Genova's dust and basically becomes yeah, Seth Roth right. again. Yeah, yeah. Right, Which, right, right. Okay. okay. Do we? Does the movie ever really explain? Are they people who no. were born? No, they no. just came out of a no. mountain, like right? They, like they don't really explain. They don't say they're so. Here, here is an aspect of the Final Fantasy Seven, uh, like deep canon that like okay. the the remake doesn't touch on yet. And and for all I know, they're they're basically reversing course on it. I have no idea, but like. Okay. Like Cloud is a clone of Sephiroth. That's a that's a big like. Duh, 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 oh, that's like, interesting. Yeah. He's basically a failed experiment, right? Like a lot of characters in Final Fantasy VII. Is that as you why his arms are so fucking scrawny? Yeah, everybody calls him a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the most sinewy ass guy. Like he's just like he's just my, so wiry. I'm a small person. Right. I'm a mm-hmm. small person. I am like five four and three quarters. My arms, like my biceps, are like four times the size of his. Right. Yeah. He's supposed to be a soldier. You're not even that far into jump. the remake where you you haven't even seen that many people who have said to him, "God, muscle boy over here," and like stuff like that. Like, like Barrett, he's not. Like, he has none. Like Barrett is yep. walking around with Cloud with arms yeah. th- the size of tree trunks, and they're still calling Cloud muscular, which is really funny I don't to me. Get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm so confused all the time. But anyway, that's a, probably a large. But but like <laughs> I won't belabor this. But it's like they don't really. They're like they're not clones of Sephiroth. I don't think. No. So it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. I mean, I I don't. They're, I don't get it. That was the one part that was never ever clear and explained. And it's like I guess you could maybe make some. Uh, leaps of logic about like Hojo the scientist and all of his blah blah blah. But like no, this was just. Three the, the best interpretation I can think of is that they like sprang forth fully formed from the life stream. Maybe. Basically, oh like like <laughs> Sephiroth couldn't completely. I want a like, I, listen, Danielle. We we shouldn't describe the what the uh, social aspects of this. Uh, like during the show, that seems kind of stupid. But like, if we could just get a super cut of you realizing you don't know what's going on by your oh gosh, oh oh geez, yeah. just like yeah. <laughs> live stream. Should I know what that is? Okay, now Reno Reno is one of the the trio, right? No. Nope, that's a Turk. What the fuck is a Turk? <laughs> I'm so fucking it's, confused. It's great. No, it's just, good. just wait till we get to the end. Like the and I, by end I mean the last hour of this oh. two hour and six minute movie because good it's one. The last God. hour is one fight scene yep. 
Um, in a badly choreographed fight scene. And suddenly 11 new characters who haven't been seen on screen the entire time show up to just say, hi, Danielle, you remember us, right? <laughs> it's, your, it's your good buddy, Barrett. It's me. Oh, it's Sid. This old, old man who looks like he's from the country. Just bring poopy butthole in and be done with it, yeah. all right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Can I tell you all about the best yeah. part of this movie for me? The best part of this movie for me was the ad on Crackle before it began. <laughs> um, that was for a screen door uh, installation service in Encino, California, that was narrated inexplicably by an Australian woman. <laughs> I mean, inexplicably. She was just like, good day. Let me go to blah, 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 screen doors for all your, all your needs for screen doors in Encino. And Van Nuys. So, so I'm like, wait, what? Why is this happening? This is very targeted for that, me. That actually leads me to a question for both of yeah. you, uh, Danielle yeah. and John. Yeah. The, I watched this on Amazon Prime because I watched it before Danielle told me it was free on the uh, wonderful streaming service wonderful Crackle. Crackle. Same, same, same. Ad supported. We watched it legally. Yeah. It was like an ad supported <laughs> right. Crackle, you know. Um, so. The Amazon Prime versions, there's two movies that have identical box art on Amazon Prime. Oh, one no. says Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete is an hour and 45 uh -huh. minutes. The other one says Advent Chil Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete, parentheses, English subtitles. Even though both of them, if you check the subtitles options, both of them say Japanese audio English subtitles uh, and have identical descriptions yep. like plot summaries the only difference between the two products on amazon prime are the one that says english subtitles and then the one that doesn't except that both do and then it has different runtimes. so oh. there was no way to watch this in english which is the way that i watched it so many times Same. when i was a kid Same. okay okay what was the crackle version uh it, it, it was it's dubbed, dubbed. It's it's got the full it's, it's got the full English voice cast that I'm because yeah. wow. Stephen you and I did the exact same thing like I okay I purchased this movie like a fucking goblin and uh -huh. and, like and a, I was like okay like a rube I guess I'll just watch this even though it's uh, in a language I didn't watch it in uh, originally and um yeah they the voice cast is interesting I'll say that sure yeah. yeah. It's like a, it's bad. It's like a it's like a who's who of um kind of like oh boy, I, I almost said something. Anime mean. voice actor Steve Bloom well, is like the first name that well, is in well, this in the credits. Anime people and also like um actors and actresses who like aged out of teen movies. Mm. Oh, so yeah. like Tifa is played by Rachel Lee Cook, and right. and, and Aerith is played by Mina Savari. Um, right. Mina Suvari, she has my birthday. Oh, wow, really? Oh, oh sure. Interesting. February 13th. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's, all, that's all we got. I'm sorry. Ha happy birthday two months ago. <laughs> Mina Suvari <laughs> and Danielle. Mina. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't watched this with the English voice cast in a while. Was it uh, everything you had hoped it to be, Danielle? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> folks i okay i the the voice acting seemed basically okay i, I okay. mean i i really god i really 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 had a hard time i'm just gonna be honest i struggled so much oh, watching yeah. this like not only bad, am i not film. 
Daniel. It's fine. It's, it's a bad film. Yeah. And I uh, will talk about this if we do a Final Fantasy VII remake podcast, but I'm struggling a little bit with aspects of that as well, for sure. Okay. And I think part of it, and I, I'm really worried about where this is going to land me. And I don't know if anybody else in the world feels this way, but I truly hate the character designs. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I really, really just hate them. I'm very sorry. Again, no, I'm very, d- very sorry. I'm not saying they're like objectively bad. I just really, really don't like them. Like I, I again, didn't really play the original, but I'm aware of the original. I'm aware of the art. I, I know what it looks right. like. I thought it looked expressive and cute in the sort of uh-huh. low poly, you know, PlayStation sort of way. But I just hate these characters but, so much that watching it was almost painful. Right. But Danielle. Like, this looks so bad to me and it just looks like they just kind of vomited a lot of things on a screen uh-huh. and the voice acting seemed okay but that was like the least now, of my would problems. You say that, that's... Would you say that Tetsuya Nomura's uh, tagline maybe ought to be they just threw up a bunch of stuff on screen? <laughs> Because <laughs> I, mean, I think that more or less describes his entire kind of aesthetic is just yeah. I so, just yeah. need more. Just more, please. It just exhausts me. It like fully like I was watching it and okay. I had to kind of be doing other things in the background because it was exhausting yeah. me so much. No, to watch. Danielle, like this is not you are not even I don't think in a minority here. This is okay. like a 50 50 split between people who like Final Fantasy games, which is okay. the okay. people who fucking hate Kingdom Hearts ass Tetsuya Nomura. Because, by the way, let's just make no bones about it. The three remnant guys, the Sephiroth remnants, they're just Organization 13 yep. members. They just look exactly like, like that. They have shit. the exact same codes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like there there is a divide in like the Final Fantasy community or or was to a certain degree. Like I feel like that has just kind of gone away as the internet has grown and changed. Right. But at the time I was really worried this made me a xenophobe. That's why I'm very afraid oh, of saying like I I'm truly no. afraid that this made so. me like, oh, you don't understand anime, Jenny. You don't understand no, don't like Japanese so. culture nah, or something. Okay. Anime and like JRPG designs and stuff like that are as like broad and wide as anything else. It's like, you know, if you read an image comic by Kieran Gillen, it's not going to look like a like Marvel comic that just like was a random ass issue of Spider-Man. That no, came of out, course. You know? I just was worried that like I get I really phrased that poorly. Sorry. I, I guess I just mean like I was truly worried that I, I just don't get it. And it makes me a crappy old person and kind of not open to new things and not oh, open yeah. to something that is very beloved well, and like well, that, mildly xenophobic. Cause it's not like a Western thing. Right. Do you know no, what I mean? No. Like, I just want to well, not but this, this is, be a shitty person. This is a very specific <laughs> thing to this guy, to Tetsuya sure. Nomura, okay. the man. It's, it's Nomura. Not and, it's, and it's also something that like. If you can, if you can imagine something that existed in such a specific medium, okay, so sure. ninety, ultimately ninety nine percent of the gameplay that you experience in Final Fantasy VII the original features a low poly, very like expressive, but yeah. but visually vague. Ultimately, representations of all these characters, right? Yeah, and so even in that one percent, when you're looking at like an FMV video in the game, that that comprises a very very small amount of runtime. Okay, so the entire consciousness of that experience, the original time it happened with everyone playing it. I know you weren't involved in that, but I'm just saying. I'm aware of the visuals of it for sure. Like like, you know, I've seen if you if you say if you say here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take all of that. We're gonna take all that concept art, which was which was designed again. Can't express this enough. 
concept art that was meant to be transferred to this low poly style. So it had to be yeah, expressive yeah. enough to basically convey a certain kind of, you know, a visual, you know, uh, recognition, right? And so when you're asked to basically like say, okay, all this but photorealistic, it looks like uh, fucking dog shit. I, I mean, honestly, yeah. to me. And, yeah. and some of the character really designs and environmental stuff, I think, is really, really interesting. I still think Midgar, and we talked about this on the review pod, like, or somewhere, I don't yeah. remember. But, like, I still think Midgar yeah, we talked about is this. a breathtaking visual, like, treat. Like, it is a marvel of environmental design. I really, really like it. They made it work really well in the remake, I think. And it's like, that's yeah. cool. But, like... Yeah. I love also, not shots. in this movie. Not in this movie. Yeah, yeah to be clear. Yeah, true. They're in a uh, little edge city, which is called Edge, lol. Um, and, <laughs> and like, like, but, but like Cloud wearing a turtleneck, a sleeveless turtleneck in the <sighs> baggiest fucking paint. Like, he looks like Sabu. <sighs> Uh, yes. <laughs> he looks like Sabu, dude. Yes. Like Steven, uh, like he looks like a wrestler named Sabu, <laughs> and and like <laughs> and like. I'm looking at a picture, he, and you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, he just looks like Sabu, and so like it, the visual design is not great. Like it's not great. I th I think it's okay that people like can say that it's not great. Like I, it doesn't yeah. translate to being looked at in a in a real put together way it is interesting but it it doesn't work for a lot of people and it doesn't work for you and it's fine i i think that i think you're right john there in a lot of ways and i also think that it maybe goes a step further than that sometimes yeah. too and this is a maybe a problem with square enix in general and has been or maybe it was a problem more with them back then and has just we've seen less of it because they can't complete a goddamn video game <laughs> in less than 15 years anymore yeah. um but i think a lot of it comes also from when you got that jump from Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis to PlayStation N64, all the uh, Sega Saturn, all that stuff in 3D or whatever. There was this like technology first approach to a lot of game mm -hmm. design of just like, you know, the jump from Resident Evil 2 to Resident Evil 3. This is something that because right. that remake also just came up very recently. People were talking about this. It's like, well, two takes place mostly in that police station and then has a couple of other locations but then three is like in this big open space now it's not better or more fun to be in this big open zone uh it's less claustrophobic it's less scary or whatever but like look at how big we can make this big open right. space we have all the power of the playstation yeah. one now this is crazy and now i think apply that same logic to character design and dialogue and acting a lot of the time too yeah. as well but mostly character design and you get a lot of that same thing it's just like well we just throw more and more and more and more because we have more polygons we have more textures we have more resolution we have everything that we want all this time and money and we can do it so therefore we should do it and never asking themselves to be restrained that's the Tetsuya Nomura thing right like you can't restrain that guy because he works on a fucking game for 20 years and it comes out and it feels like a game that played 20 years yeah. ago uh, it, sure. and, and and this is just like one of the earliest examples of that happening in like literally HD. Like I bought this is one of the first Blu-rays I ever bought. It was like they marketed this with like PlayStation 3s. You could get like a bundle that came with Advent Children as you're like, you know, buy in game, quote unquote, even though it's a movie, because like they were showing off, you know, Blu-ray drives at the time. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that was the case. I mean, this came um, out in 06, uh, like late 05 in Japan and I think like 06 for the rest. And so, yeah, that that tracks. Okay. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I mean... Oh, I feel a lot better. I feel like less of a bad person now. No, no, oh, yeah. I'm not the only one. No, like, like there's... <laughs> I've there's been not... suffering in silence because my Twitter feed is everyone who probably had an affinity for some of the original and is now, like, very enamored with all the queer subtext. Right. And the Sephiroth is a, is a daddy, you know, like a very... <laughs> not a daddy. Sephiroth is just a big, gorgeous dom, right? Uh-huh. Like, she, mm-hmm. he's yeah. not even, like, a daddy, right? Uh-huh. It's very, like... <laughs> It's a kind of movie, daddy, I suppose. Yeah, in this yeah, movie, no, he does. Fair, fair. But I was like, just going to say. In the, <laughs> no, go for it. Uh, I was just going to. This is very short. I was just going to say in this movie, Sephiroth does tell Cloud to get down on his knees. Like, I was just going to say that. I wanted oh, that. To I be. know. There's also like a full blowjob scene. <laughs> with, uh, who, like, like just looking into each other's eyes and then there's some sort of transformational orgasm and like. That was interesting, I guess. It's probably my favorite part of this whole movie because at least yeah. something was happening uh-huh. that was comprehensible to me. And that's how I'm going to interpret it because I guess I'm a pervert, but whatever. Like, it just, I I feel like I'm missing out on some level with a lot of this stuff. And it, I'm sad about yeah. it because I'm so gay. And I'm like, why don't I get it? Well, I mean, uh, but I, I, this this movie yeah. was very navel-gazy. So, like, if you, if yeah. you didn't, sure. if you didn't, um, obsessed over details of the original Final Fantasy VII. This this movie is, you know, like we've said, it's incomprehensible for even folks who who did do that, like like me. Okay, but like, yeah, I I think especially a lot of the subtext of some of the stuff that you're talking about. Um, well, one is I don't think particularly that strong in this film. Uh, for the most part, no. Sure. Um. And I think that it's really just the blowjob. And, yeah. and I think that's yeah. on purpose. Like, I think this was really okay. very much. It, and maybe this is this is probably very anecdotal, but I do feel like this was marketed toward um, maybe almost in a different audience than this was really made for. Like, I feel like this was a movie that was trying to show off how cool this world was and how like gritty and interesting it was and not like revel in a lot of the small details that most of our twitter timelines are actually obsessed with of like sliding down the playground slide and like uh taking barrett on the date at the golden saucer and like at the gold saucer and like you know stuff that like people get really into and remember fondly Mm -hmm. is not necessarily any of the stuff that translates into this film like Sure. This is very much like, sure. hey, remember that ending action sequence of uh, of the original game that, like, you know, was really exciting for 1997? Let's just give that a much bigger budget and two hours, and let's see what we do. <laughs> and that's it. And also, it, it pulls off of so much of, like, what the internet thinks that Final Fantasy VII yeah. is based on, like, memes and mm. things. Yeah. Uh, which I think really comes through at the end of this game. And it's never the thing that I like about Final Fantasy VII uh, or uh, any Final Fantasy, but also just JRPGs in particular. Because to me, a lot of the thing that like makes JRPGs and a lot of anime and a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of shared DNA there, work is this sense of camaraderie and working together. Right. And it's finding your, your team and your favorite party members. And then by the end of this movie, it's just, it's Goku. Like, Go- Cloud is yeah. just Goku. Yeah. Right. And it's everybody is lending them his their energy because he needs to be the one to stand and beat Sephiroth alone, which is not a thing that is physically possible in the original Final Fantasy VII. Right. It's a thing that's supposed to be a group effort and about all that stuff. And 
in this movie, we don't even get most of that group. We get Tifa right. and Cloud yeah. for 99% of the film. And then the others all show up at the very end and they're present. And it doesn't even make sense, like, plot-wise, why they wouldn't be around. Why is Tifa taking care of Marlene alone in this city by herself? Well, Barrett's daughter. That's the weirdest part. Right. That's the thing I completely forgotten about, is that, like, they refer to Marlene in in both a bio and I believe at some point in the movie, maybe I missed it, but it's like, um, they, they refer to Marlene as an orphan, I think. Yeah. But Barrett is fucking alive. Barrett is alive. Yeah. He, he does call. Right. I know that much. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't know why Tifa's taking care of this kid and not Barrett. Like it doesn't make sense. Um, it's very strange. It's very, very weird. And and Tifa's personality is basically... Uh, that's the thing. No one has a personality in this movie. No. Right. Like, no one really has a personality. They just have a costume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Tetsuya Nomura problem. Uh-huh. Oh, and, and I would say that maybe the big triumph, not to be another yet another podcast ad for Final Fantasy VII Remake, but maybe, like, a good thing about that, that game in particular is... Kind of the restoration or uh, injection of personality into a lot of these characters. Now, yeah. some of them, I, I would still say ultimately, Stephen, and I know we touched about this in the review pod, and so I've not totally reverse course on it, but like the, a lot of the a lot of the plot still is very cloud centric, and yeah. and like you know that sometimes manifests in ways where it's like, okay, this character's entire motivation seems to be centered around cloud, which is like a bummer to behold. Um, and, and I think in that way, Advent Children is, is such a bummer because like the entire thing, like you said, is just like, uh, this is just cloud, you know, cl cloud is Goku. Like that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It sucks. <laughs> and it, it, it literally manifests as like a bunch of characters all just like lifting him up into the air so he can go fight Sephiroth right. solo instead of like them working together to fight him in any yeah. way, which makes it's just it goes against the themes of the things that I like in this mm. style of genre work. Mm -hmm. And it goes against the themes of like that game. Like Cloud. Yeah, you're right. Like Cloud is, is the centerpiece of a lot of that storytelling. But also Cloud is, you know, kind of a cipher right. in a way that a lot of even named speaking JRPG characters often are just ciphers for the player character. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it just bums me out like to no end, especially since it's all in service of action scenes that are fucking unwatchable. Yeah. The They're incomprehensible uh, action uh, scenes. Yeah. They're incomprehensible. The, the like, I guess this was at the height of everybody thinking that what made for a good action scene was camera shake because it's a CG movie where they don't have to have that at all. <laughs> they can just choose to do whatever they want with the camera and what they choose to do is make it like unwatchable, make it impossible to follow just, anything that's happening on screen at any time. If you've never seen it, folks, but you've seen um, The Matrix Reloaded, just imagine the burly brawl oh, scene, God. but the last like 10 seconds of it. And then just like <laughs> stretched out to an hour imagine, and a half. Yeah, exactly. Imagine just the t last 10 seconds of burly brawl but stretched to two hours and that's basically what that's basically what this movie is um oh. it's a bummer i can i say and, and we definitely won't get into it but the one thing that i really don't like about a lot of and this this seems to be very uh very much a square thing right now is mm -hmm. they won't leave an ending alone no and what makes an ending so good is if it if if you leave it alone it it doesn't that's that's why it's an ending 
is that it is the conclusion of a story that may not wrap up every thread, but it 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 might satisfy the one or two main threads and leave you with like a conclusion that makes you feel either satisfied or upset or bittersweet or whatever. But Square just won't leave it alone. And yeah. the fact that they wouldn't let such a conclusive and interesting ending of Final Fantasy VII, which I won't get into, but they they just they were like, okay, well, that was really fun and conclusive and seemed to wrap things up in a way that was evocative but very final. And uh, let's just let's just say fuck it. Who gives a shit? Like you know, like let's just open this book up again and add another chapter. And that's just like yeah, that's one of one of my biggest pet peeves with storytelling is just not letting a thing go. And this was such an unnecessary and like ultimately inconsequential book to open back up to me. Right. Nothing like in terms of actual like progression of any kind of character development or plot, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Like Sephiroth is there for five minutes. Cloud beats him again. Cloud is like, okay, now you're dead for good. And Sephiroth is like, no, I'm not. And then (laughs) just like, I guess maybe there will be an advent children too. I don't know. Electric boogaloo. Um, (laughs) like, can I just ask, how does this happen? Like, was this just like... Money. Oh, I mean, I don't understand it in the context, I guess, of of uh, Spirits Within either. Because that movie, if oh. I understand correctly, <laughs> uh, that movie, which, again, not as bad. Uh, oh, oh, I, I think it, very it enjoyable it, like, compared to this. Yeah, yeah. I, it defi- it's like a fucking masterpiece compared to this. <laughs> but, like, that movie, didn't they basically create, like, a, a, a movie division and then have to shutter in it In Hawaii. After? After they, this, they, if I'm remembering correctly, that movie was such a huge financial flop in their Hawaiian movie studio, uh, which yeah. made that and a scene for the Matrix, the Animatrix. Uh, they made up, they made a two part oh, movie right. in that, yeah. um, which is probably better than both of the Final Fantasy movies. I, um, yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that. <laughs> but my understanding is that that was such a like a debacle for them that that was what caused them to merge with Square with Enix to create Square when Square Soft became Square yeah. Enix because they okay. needed like money. So again, um, I, I definitely do want to do Spirits Within completely, but I will I will point this out. Yeah. Uh, the budget for that film was 137 million dollars, and it made 85 million at the box office. So that's a that's a big 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 loss. And in yeah. like t- the year two thousand, right? Yeah, t- like one hundred thirty-seven million dollars. Yeah. It was t- it was two thousand one, yeah. and then what happened is you know what happens a few months later. The U.S. economy takes a hit, big hit because of nine eleven, and a bunch of other stuff happens. And like I think I think like the writing was on the wall. Like our first big foray into this was not well received, and there was no appetite for this, and a yeah, lot changed. Yeah. I mean. Like they were still making money. They they experienced both in the film division and in their games division, like a big restructure in two thousand one, which yeah yeah seems to be a an exact, and I mean an exact like marker of when their philosophy on basically everything changed. Yeah. Yeah. They became like a much, much, much more conservative company in terms of like taking chances on like small, interesting projects. Like pre 2001, that's PlayStation 1 ish era. Like you go back a couple of years, yeah. you get Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, you get, but that's oh. also Brave Fantasy oh, Musashi, Vagrant uh, Story. Parasite Eve. You look, right? Yeah, Parasite yeah. Eve. You look at the roster that came out from 
1997 through like early 2001 and you're just like wow that is a wild run of of games like almost almost a series of games that would be worth doing a podcast series for and it's yeah, like uh that's an interesting I, idea it's an interesting idea too thank you so much for bringing it up um <laughs> you know yeah but uh but yeah like i think it's it, it it really directly is a marker between their narrative and design philosophies and also just development philosophies i mean their their games you know we're taking maybe two two and a half years to produce and now on average that are taking like five yeah. and and i mean so at least internally because internally, yeah. they bought a bunch of western studios and then put out games like tomb raider and hitman one or the the most recent hitman reboot and then whenever they lose money that year they're just like mm, tomb raider only sold three million copies uh it wasn't enough to recoup the loss the the development costs for this other game that we spent 15 years internally so we're gonna blame it yeah, on exactly. this game over here that we yep. didn't work yeah, on that's exactly what and, did. which is such a weird I, thing i heard too this is really that's uh, super inside baseball but i actually heard two uh, Square executives loudly talking about it uh, at GDC one year about like wow. about wow. like how like Tomb Raider like actually did fine but like it needed to do so much better like impossibly better for this to not uh, go yeah. down the way it did anyway that was. Because they just unburden all their development costs of their big, weird, uh, like, again, strangely conservative and also incredibly navel-gazy yeah. projects like Final Fantasy 15, like Kingdom Hearts yep. 3, which are these things that are like, they're conservative in the sense that they just, Final, like Square Enix internally just continues to make, like, the, g the games in their big, big franchises they're like number one with a bullet franchises and then but then also takes way too long to make those because almost like they're too scared to put them out right. sometimes um and then they just offload that cost onto a lot of their other stuff and you know it's, uh, yeah it's it's such a strange thing final fantasy 7 remake i feel like is maybe the like most like the least conservative thing that they've done in a while in terms of just like oh it only took five years yeah, to it, make like you said only like took on average five years to make and it it obviously is confirming maybe a uh a not very nice thing to say but i do think it's it's it might be true it, it it's confirming maybe it, the acknowledgement that they've hit the end of their road in some sort of creative sense mm. of like yeah. Okay, we need yeah. to do either the hits again, or we need to do something drastically different. And I feel like Final Fantasy fourteen is what is the quote drastically different. Is the thing that is like, you know, really. It, it also plays the hits in a lot of ways, but it like it does a yeah. good job with a lot of the stuff that like folks traditionally love about Final Fantasy, which is strange because it's an it's an MMO, but like yeah, but it's but really it's very good. good. And um. Yeah. Anyway, God, we've we've got we've we've but, gone uh, yeah. off the rails with some of this, but like it's but, uh, to talk about this to movie. Anything to get away from this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say though, it, it's impossible to talk about this movie without talking the about context. like the legacy of sure. Square yeah. Enix. Yeah. 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 Um. Because that's all it is. Is is it's just a capstone on context for the the company as like a business and as like a creative uh, output machine, I guess. Uh, the other thing too, I would say in terms of like you know getting more experimental and weirder stuff, like other than fourteen, is near. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the true. like oh, thing sure. now. 
sure. everybody's like put Yoko Taro on Final Fantasy 16, right? Like that's the that's the thing going around, at least in terms of like fan hope and fan theories and stuff like that. I don't think there's been any kind of confirmation on that whatsoever. But like that is the that is the planet crying out in pain for new creative blood <laughs> on the Final Fantasy franchise. Um, let's see. This movie did not set the world on fire with sales. I'll say that. It was yeah. um yeah. It grossed it grossed fifteen million in revenue, the English language DVD by the fifth week of release. Um eventually it would gross. And this is also million. to be clear, did not have a theatrical release. This is a straight, straight to, to DVD. DVD. Yeah. Now if yeah. You, at least in America, did it come out in Japan in, in theaters? Oh, good question. Oh, that's that's a really good really good question. I actually don't know. Um I would say See, and this is interesting. So, the Spirits of Thing got a theatrical release and grossed like 80, 80 million. The DVD of this grossed 58 million worldwide. Okay. And that might tell you something about, like, one, the legacy of the brand of Final Fantasy VII. I think that's pretty powerful. Um, and I yeah. would have to imagine that this movie had much less of a budget than uh, the Spirits of Thing. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Especially like adjusted for yeah. inflation. Um, gosh, this movie, huh? Yeah, we didn't really talk about like the plot, <laughs> of where things go Does in it this. Have one? Um, yeah, I mean, it's bad. Like, Ru but it's Rufus, there. Who was the the kid of President Shinra who becomes president in Final Fantasy VII? Who? Almost fucking certainly got obliterated in Final Fantasy VII. Um, oh yeah, he's they they show a flashback to that scene of just Rufus just getting eaten by a fireball, yeah, um, but survived that and uh, <laughs> mostly completely unscarred as far as we yeah, can tell. Yeah, he just hangs out in a wheelchair in a church, uh, basically um, under a under blanket? a blanket, which is which could also describe mm -hmm. what I was like growing up. Um, just you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you had Genova's head with you the whole time, is what you're saying. Um, and he's just got up like a cigar box that's full of an alien ash, basically. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. John, can I can I ask you about sure. that? Actually, I have never. So I never beat Final Fantasy VII. I played a good chunk of it when I was younger, but I don't think I ever got like halfway yeah. through all the way. Um, what is uh, no one has ever been able to completely explain to me like what is Genova and what is like Genova's motivation for anything? Uh, so Genova is basically um was like okay, so Genova was basically <laughs> like a life form, and that's like the 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 best thing I can say a life form that basically hitched a ride on a meteor that hit the planet like two thousand years before the the plot of the game um yeah and like she's portrayed as like a huge like a female humanoid but that's that's right. a choice you know what i mean that's just a choice <laughs> yeah that, they have like she has got like a big hose coming coming out of her tummy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um and so like the ancients, which are like the established race kind of that existed before uh, the meteor hit. Like a precursor race. Uh, wait, what? Like yeah. a precursor race. Um, like the aliens started infecting the ancients and they all kind of died off. Um, but like 
there really is no motivation of Genova except to basically just like, you know, take over whatever it, it is on. Um, but uh-huh. like the villains of this series are basically using that as a way to uh, shape the world as they want to see it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of Genova's DNA is ingrained in the experiments that Hojo eventually performed on like Sephiroth and Cloud and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's Howard Johnson did that. Yeah. That's right. Howard yeah. John- uh-huh. Howard Johnson did <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Howard Johnson Sorry. did do that. <laughs> So she, God. So she's like a galactic parasite, and Sephiroth, it like views her as his mom, and then they all view her at. They're all Sephiroths. They're is three Sephiroths. Is this just sexism, by the way? Like, is that all? The oh, yeah. Tetsuya Nomura. Danielle, there's this website called Waypoint.com. Um, wait, sorry, Waypoint.zone. Uh, they they did a whole series about the philosophy of Kingdom Hearts, which is the other major franchise by Wentetsuya Nomura. And it's basically just an entire game series that is just like him expressing his philosophical uh, views on the world. And one thing that you start to realize about his philosophical views on the world, the more you learn about Kingdom Hearts, is that he really hates women. Uh, yeah. That's kind of a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, gotcha. not, a, not a big fan. Um but yeah they mm, so Genova's like uh, Genova's fine like I, I don't know Genova in a, in a way it, it it kind of works as a plot element in the original as kind of like he, you know here's again here's it doesn't matter what uh, energy source bad people get their hands on they will always use it to do bad things so Right. Uh, yeah. So she's a MacGuffin in the original game, but for some reason here they're like trying to spin her into like this bigger character. I, I guess. guess. I mean, she was a she was a pretty big character in the original. I mean, just in the sense of like, mm. you know, uh, Sephiroth was always trying to free Genova in order to basically use her power and abilities to essentially take control of the planet. Um, because it's, it's kind of heavily implied that Genova, uh, in some people and Sephiroth is obviously, you know, one of, excuse me, um, one of the, the, the main, uh, examples of this Genova can kind of basically be a brain parasite essentially. And, and so like Sephiroth's motivations aren't really, you know, human based. They're not like, they're not like, oh, I've got to do these things that make sense. He's basically like. Oh, I've got to take control of the planet. Everyone's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> like, you, you, right. what are you talking about? Because um, the planet is also alive. The planet is it's also like alive. sentient. Yes, yes. and okay. um, the idea is that all planets are alive. Like all all things have life. Essentially, is the idea, which cannot be farther from the truth right. about what actual uh, the universe is like. Apparently um but uh but yeah that's kind of the conceit here so yeah that's kind of where genova comes in i mean i guess they want to use genova in order to gain power is really what it is but genova's own motivations are basically Mm. very like instinctual i just have to to consume basically and that's about it okay anyway because yeah, the, throughout this movie, they're trying to reunite with Genova. They they view her as a their mother. They view Cloud as their brother. Yeah. They, well, yeah. Genova comes from Jehovah and Nova, meaning new god, as a portmanteau. 
So okay. So you got it all now, Danielle, right? You understand everything? I uh, I understand 10% of what's going on here. I can confidently say there is 10% that I have actually digested and understand and could tell you about. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is a me problem, though, where no. just sometimes when there's just a lot of shit being spit at me and none of it is something I can kind of latch onto with my own experience of the world. I'm just like, uh-huh. So yeah. here's the thing, Danielle. Like, I yeah. actually think that you would really like the one that you mentioned before, the MMO-like one, 12. Um, because that's actually... The, that hour. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because yeah. you know. that's like, that, that's a, one of the dividing lines between Final Fantasy games is there's like, also 9 is a lot like this too. It's like, I tend to like the ones that have a story in them that is less like uh, philosophical and more... 12 is just like this sort of like game of political intrigue. It's like Game of Thrones with airships, yeah. basically. Because yeah. there's no real mega evil villain in that game. Or if there is, it's kind of like in the background for the most part. Yeah. Um, and it's just like the kind of like political machinations of this like one viceroy versus this band of like um, orphans and pirates and stuff like that that are fighting against him. And you can see that in a lot of the more classical Final Fantasy games as well. Uh, but the, when you get into the Tetsuya Nomura universe, it is just him being given so much rope to hang himself with all the time uh, that it just ends up becoming this a lot. Um, and Final Fantasy VII, yeah. Wow. Final Fantasy VII is kind of on that dividing line where that was like, the, he hadn't quite made a name for himself yet, so it's much more traditional in a lot of ways, but also is starting to approach that level. And that probably bought him the amount of goodwill that he has to this day at this point. Is probably actually the road that this came down. But yeah. I mean, re really... I, I, let me... Oh, no, oh, go please ahead. go ahead. Please, please, please. Uh, this is going to be going towards a thing I might like in a JRPG, or this probably isn't a Final Fantasy, but like a thing I might like in a JRPG is going about it towards, okay, what kind of anime do I like? Yeah. I have an anime life coach, believe it or not, who has given <laughs> oh me God. several series that I've really enjoyed quite a Hell bit. Yeah. It's Amanda Cosmos, everybody, you know, oh, friend nice. of the show. Uh, so sometimes I'll go over and obviously we can't right now, but uh, and she'll like prepare shows for me that I will like. Right. I really like several sports anime uh, mm. series. And I'm wondering, are there any JRPGs that are like sports anime? Because that that would do it for mm. me. You know, like I'd, I'd be yeah. into that. I mean, hmm. I mean, Persona literally has characters who are on sports teams. In that in like major major subplots I mean, about if you, it. If you basically yeah. play ten hours of Final Fantasy ten, you get to the part where it it can, <laughs> it, it can literally be a sports anime for as long as you want. Can oh, it? Yeah. Oh Blitzball, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, let me tell oh, you about right. the main about Blitzball. Blitzball. Let me. <laughs> I remember some of this. And Titus is the the pretty boy volleyball first of all, man. Please, yeah. Yeah. please, right? please, Danielle. It's Titus, first of all. Uh, oh, I'm so, I'm so, so sorry. Okay. Uh, so, second of all, um, my finished save file for Final Fantasy X uh, was about mm -hmm. 230 hours. And y'all, wow. I'm not kidding. A hundred of them was Blitzball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. I believe it. People who love really? Blitzball, Danielle, fucking love yeah. Blitzball. Okay. I'm, um, I'm interested now. Danielle, I'm interested. Here's the thing about Blitzball. You can yeah, go, yeah. once you open up the entire world map, you can go and talk to folks and go, hey, do you want to join my team? Like a free agent. Mm -hmm. You can oh, like shit. run a free agency and you develop their stats. And you know what? 
that one guy that's a pretty good striker, if you if you just yeah. invest enough in him, he'll actually become the best goalie in the league, and then you can put him in goalie. Oh my god! Here's here's another question. This is slightly off topic of blitz of blitzball, which is what this entire podcast is about. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, Danielle, could could I be your JRPG life coach? Can I can I yes. get that mantle? I would love to try and figure out what a good JRPG for you to get into, maybe post Final Fantasy VII remake would be. Because I. Sure. I've got some ideas that are percolating right now. Uh, okay. Things that like, what is the opposite of Final Fantasy VII Advent Children? I will find that for you. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like there should be a, a JRPG about like martial arts, right? Well, I like, mean, would it just feels like what a what a good. I mean, Steven, what do you what do you, you think about Suikoden? Like Suikoden. Oh, yeah. Suikoden. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, I mean, like Suikoden. Those, those are definitely um, less. Less bullshitty and more like, (laughs) more about like building a coalition, right? I mean, kind of like yeah, totally. I mean, it's not sport. It's not sports anime, like to be very clear. But like, it 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 has to do less with goofy bullshit and more about like, I don't know, becoming friends with people. It's like two countries at war. Like, it's not. There's no big. There is no Genova equivalent in Suikoden. It's just like you are in a country that gets invaded by this other evil like empire, and you need to oh. create like an army of weird friends. Suikoden is like famous for being the franchise where you can recruit like 108 different party members throughout the okay. course of the game. Um, and they all I have their own. Remember EGM reviews of it. Okay, like that's yeah. what I know of it basically. <laughs> but yeah, and, I'm. And they a haven't made one in like a million years. Like it's not okay. a living franchise. No, it's, it's a Konami not, game, like, so. It, it, there will never be another one because Konami owns it. So, um, yeah, not until and and nobody's going to buy it. Is the thing nobody's going to oh, pay the what, money to. I'm sorry, what's that? that? I'm getting word that they're making Sweet Code in survive, uh, <laughs> where und- okay. okay, where it looks like you have to uh-huh. guide a hundred people through a castle with zombies. Oh, and it's uh-huh. and oh. it's a pachinko machine. Oh, it's Pachinko! Of course. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, no, I'm very interested in Steven becoming your JRPG life coach. That sounds that sounds good. And 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 uh, to be honest, it sounds like another podcast. To be honest, it does. I know, right? <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, you know what else sounds good is uh, maybe putting a wrap up on yeah, this God. one because I think we've I think we've we've we've, we've, we've moved so far children. away from Advent Children because they think we all ate it with our bones. So, yeah. well, there's just yeah. nothing to yeah, seize on. There's nothing. So yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah. At least at least in my other hate watches, it was it was like very fun to at least pick elements apart like i think i've been on most of the episodes of the show not one of them crucially uh because it was illegal to go to the movies here at that point but like Mm -hmm. uh like even other other movies or other shows i've really really disliked or really just couldn't find anything on it like at least there were things that were interesting to talk about and i'm glad that we we genuinely did do that here it just didn't have to do with the movie itself but a lot of the sort of things around it you know the culture of it the culture of the company itself like what that that created this piece of entertainment mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. learning that context was I'm, I'm giving both of you props because that was very interesting to me to at least get that out of this so thank you yeah, I'm glad yeah. we could help uh, I'm glad we could like draw some interesting thing out of this yeah. uh, and check back with us next week now for when we talk about Final Fantasy 7 I'm sorry Final Fantasy colon the spirits within and then two weeks from now when we watch Final <laughs> Fantasy 15 Kingsglaive oh and God. complete the trilogy yeah. 
Wait, I really, I know nothing. I actually didn't know there was a third oh, one. King, I did not oh, yeah. know King's that Glaive was basically the prequel they released for Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. And it, it is also uh, like, it, it does a couple things that are, wait, are is, inexcusable. One, oh, one is kind of incomprehensible, but two, it basically okay. fills in blanks directly into the, the main game that like should not have been a yeah. mystery. Like, yeah, like it, it was essentially it's, required viewing if you wanted to actually understand a lot of what was going on in that game, at least in the early on. And that's the boys road trip one. Yeah. I have played yes. a couple of hours of that one, too. I forgot when we were talking about how much Final <laughs> Fantasy I've played. I did play a couple of hours of that one as well with the they, all the hot boys in their mm-hmm. in their car. Yes. Okay. Uh, that one. So in that game, if you play a couple hours in that you you find that those characters who are on a road trip to go get their buddy married, basically, he's off to go marry this lady from another country. They get word from their hometown that they have left, that their hometown has been destroyed. Kingsglaive Oops. is a movie about the events that, like, destroy that that town, like, about their home city, ah. uh, Somnia or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, it's Insomnia. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, and it's what's his name? Jesse Breaking Bad it plays the main character in it. Yes, Jesse Breaking Breaking Bad. Jesse Breaking Bad. Um, uh huh. Like Sans Undertale. I really can't think of his name right Aaron now. Paul. I can only see Aaron him Paul's as his name. Aaron Paul. Yeah. There you go. I thought he had a Paul in there, but I kept I kept wanting to say Paul Walker and knew that's wasn't nope. correct. Uh, <laughs> that's not him. That ain't him. I I it's what was coming up for me was his BoJack character. Ah, like, that's oh, he's a BoJack character. Gotcha. Yeah, Todd. Todd. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so and that movie Todd Paul. <laughs> when you yeah, said God, uh, John, when you said that that movie does inexcusable things, I thought the first thing you were going to say is that it includes Ultros, but Ultros as just like this big, like voiceless oh kaiju that is just I a big monster about, that I does nothing. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's uh-huh. bad. It's it, Ultros. Danielle is a villain from Final Fantasy VI, who's this like bisexual octopus like lecher who you fight in an opera house. Alone. Like, uh-huh. like it's just like like not an important part of this plot, but fucking shows up all the time. Just like I'm Ultros. <laughs> They're like, ah, leave me alone. It's it's weird. It's very good though. He is in he he's in Final Fantasy fourteen as well. He gets like transported from one universe to the next because that's just the thing that happens with a lot of those stories, and it's a very good storyline. But we, we need to wrap to this up. We cannot keep talking about <laughs> other stuff. Uh, thank you both for joining me on this episode of You Love to See It. Um, if you would like to show your support for You Love to See It every time that you join us, you can go to iTunes or Spotify and give us a rating and a review. It really helps because we are all slaves to the algorithm, and it's the best way to show <laughs> other people uh, that you love our stuff and to share it with other people. Um, you can also go to fanbyte.com slash podcast to find all of our different podcasts. If you're listening to this, you're probably listening to it on the FanWidth feed, but we also have Fanbyte FM, which is where we put a lot more of our shorter and more experimental stuff. We also have FanFight, which Danielle, you could maybe talk a little bit about. Yeah, it's a really fun podcast where myself and LB Hunk Tears, who is our wrestling section head, uh, they always bring a sort of pro wrestling match that they find interesting and cool. And I bring an MMA fight that I find interesting and cool. And we sort of share in the fun, bloody uh, goodness of that uh, every week. 
Please get LB to tell you about Sabu on the next episode. Yeah, I will. I'm, I'm gonna have to tell them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what's Sabu. gonna happen. Like, I don't think Sabu is like a, a important part of LB's canon of professional wrestling. So we're gonna have to figure that out. But yeah, Sabu, the genocidal <laughs> homicidal maniac, Sabu is what he would go as. Oh, good. Uh, once once broke his jaw in a match and taped it shut so he could keep it going. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Cloud Strife, everyone. Sabu is Cloud Strife. Uh-huh. Anyway, we, we have uh, to stop this. I'm tapes so his jaw shut like, like Cloud wrapped a bandage around his geoscaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He just he was like, I gotta keep going. I gotta wrap my wrap the scarf around my geostigma. Let's just keep going. Uh and therefore, we just wrapped it all back around to the topic at hand. This was another episode of You Love to See It. You can follow me on Twitter at Steven Strum. You can follow Danielle. At Danielle R.I. And you can follow uh, John. Adult. And you can follow Fanbyte at, at Fanbyte Media. The media is very important because we are not at Fanbyte on Twitter. Please don't make that mistake. <laughs> and you can send pod, <laughs> or, sorry, you can send emails to us at podcast at fanbyte.com. We will see you next time. Do we have a do we have an outro for this? I haven't been on it. Yeah. So I usually yeah, need... just grandma yeah. it up. Please do. You know, and I just go, you love to see it. <laughs> you you don't, really you really don't. Not, not this, this one. one. You don't. But we hope you enjoyed it. You enjoyed the episode. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.